I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello. We got Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. Why do you sound like an old prospector? Like, what is going on? What I do declare, we have Aaron Perrine. <laughs> Salty Substitute Edition is here. Jim said yes. It's giving Doug Dimidome. <laughs> oh, owner and proprietor of the Disdale Dimidome. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> Somebody's got some odd parents. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to do the whole episode as Doug Dim. I don't even know. Steve Carell's the office <laughs> guy that I do declare episode four of What If Season Two is tremendous you, you don't have to say you declare by saying it you are just making anyway this is the episode where we're going to talk about season two of what if episodes four through six episodes one through three episode of phase zero is already available episode four now these are not the official episode titles so if i'm incorrect on this as i was last week let me know but episode four is what if tony stark crash landed on sakar and met the grandmaster episode five what if what if Peggy Carter was the Winter Soldier, or it, Steve Rogers in the Winter Soldier, basically? In episode six, what if uh, the Tesseract got sent to Earth and Kahori became a superhero? So that's that's the unofficial episode titles as I refer to them in my head. Would you like to know the official episode titles? I have them in front of me. Because <laughs> okay. I, I know I massacred them. Uh, we were close in the first one. What if Iron Man crashed into the Grandmaster? That's what I think we said. Uh, number the next one is uh, what if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper, and then what if Kahori reshaped the world? It's a little cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, we'll start with episode four. We'll take a quick break, and then episode five. Take a quick break, and then episode six. You know the drill. We like to give our reactions, recap the episodes, talk about little Easter eggs, details, things we caught. You know, that's what we do here on the Fase Zero. So we're going to keep doing it now. Episode four, Tony Stark lands on Sakaar meets the Grandmaster. Aaron, you're at the top of the screen. Did you enjoy it? I, I did. I One of my favorite weird things from that first Avengers is him falling back through the portal after throwing that nuke at the Chitauri people, which I'm sure, you know, sometime in phase eight will get them coming back to be angry at Tony Stark, which is just a running theme with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But it it is fun. It's Goldblum's obviously having a great time. Mm -hmm. Just an amazing time doing this, which is oh, part of the appeal. Yeah. <laughs> So I I enjoyed it. I'm sure we'll have a lot of thoughts about the racing genre and the wacky races, uh, you know, N64 Star Wars racing game potential of all of this. <laughs> I agree. Jamie, what'd you think? I enjoyed this one. I think it was a really good one to drop on Christmas Day because Christmas to me is not, day has not been about watching Christmas stuff. It's about watching like blockbusters and like the movies you got for Christmas and the big movies. And this mm. had that feel to it. I also, I mean, uh, as I love Ragnarok, so that was really fun to see kind of an alternate, but ultimately, like Aaron said, it's all about Jeff Goldblum, baby. I love that man so much. And he, the way he delivers just as much in a voice role as he does normally is is just spectacular also i love topaz and i'm glad we got more topaz so that was the, i i enjoyed it 
Jenna, what'd you think? So I'm going to slip into the role that Jamie had in our last episode. This is my least favorite episode of the season. Um, I, I still like a lot of it. If you told me when I saw the trailer and if you told me in season one, when we knew there was a Gamora episode we didn't get yet, that I this would be my least favorite episode, I would not believe you. But I there are parts of it that I thoroughly enjoy. I just think compared to the rest of the season, it, it doesn't hit the same way for me. And I also think having so many jokey characters together and having Gamora be a side character in the episode even though she does end up playing a bigger role in the soul franchise the, having everyone be so jokey it just almost felt like the clips of like sitcoms without the laugh tracks <laughs> and it was just kind of like all right it's getting a little tiring i still enjoyed it but i didn't enjoy it as much as other episodes wow jenna hates iron man <laughs> <laughs> i would like to agree with jenna that i do think this was a, a one of the a bottom tier of i, I, Thank I do you. agree with that uh but even though i like it, it was it was fun but also i do want to say at this point with the binging i was kind of exhausted this was only episode four i know and i was like okay i need a break the yeah. the daily drop really is something to, to be desired i wish that we had that so full disclosure, we we watched all nine episodes because we were planning on recording all of our bonus episodes last week, and then we didn't. We were like, <laughs> let's just wait and give ourselves time to actually appreciate the episodes. So we rushed through all of them uh, for no real reason, actually. No. But we watched them, and we got it done, and we, we tried to enjoy it all. I'm not a binger either. I do agree. I wasn't feeling that yet, but I think with like the next one, the one after, and then seven as well, I started to be like, oh my gosh. But then I felt like it really picked up towards the end of episode six, seven, eight, nine. Like I started to kind of get back into it, maybe because I knew we were nearing the end. But uh, I don't know. It's uh, the binging this with the daily release is better. Yeah. I love this episode. It's one of my top four in the in the season. I, I, I just, I love Iron Man. I thought he was so well written. The quips were great. I thought Jeff Goldblum's Grandmaster was fantastic. I did find it odd that Gamora is definitely not the main character of this episode. I, I wouldn't even say second main character of this episode certainly the character who has like the arc of the episode but as like a third supporting character i found it interesting that as the missing episode from season one this is the this gamora rather than this tony stark is the one who went on to be the guardian of the multiverse character uh i thought it was going to be a gamora centric episode but it was definitely iron man centric which i'm, I'm kept, cool with I, they kept referring to it as the gamora episode. yeah so I that like it, it would be it would be fine with her going off to join the Guardians of the Multiverse, but it what it is odd because there are I would call it the Sakaar episode or the Ragnarok episode, but I, I think it is weird that for like two years we've been hearing about this lost Gamora episode. Yeah, and I think that's just because people were like, well, why did we get an episode about every other Guardian of the Multiverse, but not this Gamora character? So they're like, well, that episode, that Gamora episode is coming, and that just became what it was referred to which ends up making this feel weird because it's definitely iron man is the main character which i love again but it is uh interesting that he's not the one who goes on gamora is which is whatever i would love this ending of this episode is fantastic the fact that gamora kind of has the arc of breaking free of thanos which is something we talked about with episode one like what happens with nebula when she breaks free of thanos she becomes this really noble you know nova core member and doesn't live under thanos's abusive thumb Gamora now is going to break free of Thanos and goes on to become a member of the Guardians of the Multiverse. That ending was great where Tony's just like, all right, gee, let's do this. And then she attacks him with Topaz's little staff. I thought that, did you guys say through the credits of this one? No. Oh my gosh. No. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a credit scene with Grandmaster as all 
gooeyed up and he's like, well, you know, I, I could use a mop maybe in a but I can't do a Jeff Gold. I can't even try to do a Jeff Goldblum impression. He's too unique of a voice. But uh, it's it's just a funny little bit with the melted grandmaster saying like I need a bucket and a mop. Ew, ew, ew. You know, like the Jeff as only Jeff Goldblum could do. But I thought this episode was fantastic. That's 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 where I'm at with it. But also, Jamie, there was a Colson reference. Remind oh me. yeah, I'm sure 40... I was excited in the moment. Uh <laughs> well, it's a kind of a heavy Colson reference because <laughs> this is the day after the Battle of New York. And when oh, he said he lost someone. He lost someone. I lost a friend. Yeah, that's a reference yes. to Colson. Yes, I did think. Oh, Colson died. Uh, I, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I watched. I, I honestly, I feel like I watched this seven years ago. <laughs> I did think. Oh, Colson died. <laughs> I did. I really did like that. It started with him not falling into the portal. I like that being the. the I think that should have been the name of the episode. What if yeah. Tony Stark didn't make it back through the portal? Because yeah. I think that is the catalyst for all of this, and I think yeah. that was really cool. Jeff Goldblum was hilarious. Throwing chinchillas was. Yeah. I, I was. I was cackling at some of the stuff they were doing. I thought when uh, Tony called Korg Mount Rushmore, I got a kick out of that. Uh, Hunger Game reference. Hunger Games. Hunger Games released in 2012, just before the events of of New York. Mm -hmm. so, I was thinking about that too. I was like, "Wow, Tony really kept up with his YA, like in between." <laughs> else. If he's able to, because he, I swear, he references it like twice. And so I was like, "Wow, he like should not know this this early on in 2012." Tony and Gamora being locked in that little romantic bedroom. Clear, got to be a comics reference, right? Mm -hmm. Those two, those two, those two got together for a bit there in the books. Yeah, I thought, I thought maybe I was like, hmm. I would have liked that. But Tony you know, Stark pulls. We've sexy, seen it. I'm into so. Yeah. <laughs> let's see it. Let's see it. I... <laughs> normally, normally I would advocate for that, but especially this being the Christmas Day episode, I am thankful that that did not happen because I would feel so bad for everyone watching this with all of their family and having that happen. See this billionaire human man and that green alien woman. Well. There, love is love. Whatever. If it, it was directed by Zack Snyder, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh Jamie's making a face like she had oh, to lick boy. the street. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to watch two animated characters doing it, go watch Harley Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this was a Lego set. This this episode yeah. was already a Lego set, which I don't own, but now I want to because I was kind of not high on What If in season one. That's no secret. And this year I'm fully coming around. I, I think that this show has – I don't know what it is. Maybe my expectations have changed. Maybe the show has leveled up. Maybe both. But I'm really enjoying this season. Iron Man flying out of that suit or that thing and then becoming – like doing the in-flight Transformers to the race car. Loved it. Thought it was awesome. Makes me want – Hot Toys – revealed the Sakaar and Hulkbuster thing. I'm like, man, yeah, can be, I want it though. I want it. It made me want it. One thing I want to say is I, I think Cynthia K. McWilliams is a great voice actor. She just did Vicki Vale and Merry Little Batman. Mm -hmm. So she's, you know, in the scene, but like, it was distracting to me how much she did not sound like yes. Zoe Saldana. Because uh, I think like,
like Mick playing Tony, he sounds so much like him that I, I feel like they didn't necessarily try as hard, which yeah. isn't that big of a deal because again, you know, you're not doing an impression. You don't get hired as a voice actor, a voice actor to do an impression, but it, but it was very much like, Oh, this is not the Gamora we know. Yeah. When it's a different actor and they don't sound like the character, like even a little bit, it takes me out. It does. It does take me out a little bit. I mean, Valkyrie didn't sound too different, but different enough. Was, it was Tessa. That was Tessa. It was Tessa. Oh, okay. I was about to say. I was like, <laughs> was that? I, I've never said this out loud, but I'm gonna do it right now, and I, I I'm I'm gonna speak my truth because you guys know I love Valkyrie and I love Tessa Thompson. I think Tessa Thompson is amazing. I love watching her play Valkyrie. She's phenomenal. But I've always had a little bit of a problem with her accent. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if she's like doing kind of a British thing, but I. It's all. I've always found it to be a little off. So Brandon not knowing it was actually her, it doesn't surprise me. Um, all the love to Tessa. Love her. Love Valkyrie. Wouldn't trade her for the world. But the accent is a little. Does she have an accent in real life? No. 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 no, no she's no. Yeah. No. Well. Okay. I don't. Yeah. I don't know why they made Valkyrie. I don't like. I don't know. Regalness. That's it. That's all. Yeah. We're, we're dumb American. You gotta yeah. sound um, real William Regal. <laughs> uh, can we talk about something that I know uh, like Adam like desperately, desperately wants us to mention on this podcast where that the Valkyrie and Tony of it all where the actual only time we've ever heard the words demon in a bottle spoken in the MCU? I threw that assignment into our oh. thing at work because that was I immediately I was like, we finally hear the words demon in a bottle and this on an episode of what if and it's not even in reference to Tony. And Tony takes one shot and falls out of the bar. Yeah. That man we all know that man can hang with space with earth earth alcohol, but space juice gets him rocked. Space juice. Gets him in that Stan Lee off the off the Thor juice in, in Avengers 2. Excelsior. Uh, it's not made for mortals. Uh, all right. Well, that's that's what if episode four. That's that's pretty much. I think we all have, we have to say about that one, huh? Mm -hmm. I, I just want to emphasize how cool the ending was. The ending was great. Up, going yeah. to Thanos. That was awesome. So I I do want to stress that. When I saw Josh Brolin's name in the credits, I was like, yep, yep. But, uh, <laughs> I kind of wish that they, we didn't get the names before. I agree. I wish See, I, I like. I like knowing it because it's been this fun little game, like re-watching re it for me and having Chris watch it the first time and having him like make a face of like, this person's in this episode, that's cool. Like he he did that with the next episode that we're gonna talk about of seeing a certain person's name in the credits. And it was like, how is she gonna fit into this? So I like that they do it. I get not wanting it, but I think it's fun. Yeah, yeah, well, the next one is a perfect place to talk about that. Let's do that in just a moment. We're gonna take a quick break. We talk, we come back, we're talking about Peggy Carter filling in for the Winter Soldier role. See you in a moment. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. 
time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome back to Phase Zero. What if Peggy Carter basically played the role of Steve Rogers in Captain America the Winter Soldier? It seems like these what-if shows are kind of giving Captain Carter each Captain America movie, in a sense, and then adding to them with, it. like, first the first very first episode of What If was what if Peggy Carter became Captain Carter. It was basically Captain America the First Avenger. And now we have her kind of carrying out a version of Captain America the Winter Soldier. Me hopes that season three sees the Civil War episode yeah. with Captain Carter. Okay. Oh, saucy! That'd be so good. I I want it. I want it. I need it. AC Bradley, Brian Andrews, Matthew Chelsea. You watching? Oh, it's not too late. Go at it. Um, this episode, I I I, I actually quite enjoyed this episode. Uh, I I gotta say, I like the original episodes more. I like I, I find myself less interested when they're just remixing stories that we already saw with what if this character played that carried out that role. So the part the Winter Soldier parts, I was like, oh, this is nostalgic, this is fun, I'm enjoying it. But then I liked it more when they got to the parts that were just more original and involved the Red Room. And it's also the first what if episode to reference phase four events. Right? There, yeah. I don't think anything so far, because this had the Black Widow movie references with the Red Room and Melina. Yeah. All that stuff. I don't think anything before this referenced anything post Infinity Saga. I don't think so. No. So that's cool too. Uh, Jenna, what do you think of the episode? I love this episode. As a huge Winter Soldier fan, I, I liked going back to the things that we did in the same way that I said that episode two just feels like fan fiction in the best way. I love having fanfic of Winter Soldier through this lens of having Bucky be older and what does that look like if he's the secretary? I thought that was a really nice touch. And all of the Widow stuff and all of the just kind of threading that needle was really, really cool. And we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, but uh, Peggy and Natasha are in love and you cannot convince me otherwise. I thought I, I, I thought maybe. <laughs> I thought maybe. Not gonna lie. Jamie, what'd you think? I agree. They definitely like had that chemistry and I think that that is to a nod to Winter Soldier because Nat and Cap had really good chemistry in that movie. Not necessarily like the point where we're like shipping them, but they still had it. I mean, they do kiss, even if it's just for espionage reasons. Reasons. So mm-hmm. I, I definitely felt that as well. Uh, I liked this episode. I think I, I think most people can agree, or at least wouldn't wouldn't argue too strongly that Winter Soldier is the best MCU film. I, I personally think it is, and so it is cool to go back to that. Uh, I do agree with Jenna though that some of it is. I think the first half of the episode was like this is a lot of stuff I've kind of seen before, but then when we got to the widow stuff, oh, mommy is back. <laughs> you know I love Rachel Weisz. I love that she did this. Um, I enjoyed her whole little crew. I so that was very exciting. Um, but of course, for me, it was all about that end tag. It was all about that ending, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit. But I got my girl, uh, because you know. 
Elizabeth Olsen didn't wasn't in the first season because we just had zombie Wanda. So we didn't know if she was going to voice Wanda in this season. So that was very exciting. I was very happy with that. I also do want to add that I really love that this is like Peggy's show in a way that they're, she's the story that gets carried through. And I think that's really neat. And I like that it's not every episode. It's just like we check back in. And I think that's a really cool device to make this show make you wanting to come back. But if you don't really like her, then it's not the whole show. Although if you don't like her, I don't understand you. No, I agree. I think Captain Carter as kind of the through line for the show is really nice. It works really well. Aaron, what do you think? Uh, to echo what uh, Jamie and Jenna said, I was waiting on the escalator so, so hard. <laughs> I was like, where is the escalator? Where are the baseball caps? What the <laughs> heck is happening? What is going on? Um, I also want to say maybe the what if team should be in charge of getting people back for Secret Wars because apparently they can just call <laughs> anyone and they will just show up and record something yeah. crazy in their closet. Um, that was kind of really, really awesome. Um, I like the tone. Of course, we love Sebastian Stan playing a significantly older man and kind <laughs> of doing it. Um, there's Hydra Stomper stuff falling up in the first season. Really, really cool. I will say the funniest part about me as a person is that when we got to the weird red room, like fake nuke town, a location, that's like where it happens. I thought for sure, for sure that they would have brainwashed Elizabeth Olsen and that she would have been a widow in this fake 1950s thing. Because I was like, this is Westview. Like what, what's going on here? Is that what's going to happen? And it didn't. And I was like, dang it. But Still pretty awesome. I definitely got some strong Westview vibes. See, that is why I like that we see the credits ahead of time because then, like, for Chris, it became this guessing game of, like, why is Elizabeth Olsen in this episode? Like, he told me afterwards he thought it would be just some, like, A-Force scene that was, like, some gratuitous, like, girl team up. And instead, it's like, no, we get the 1602 stuff. But that would have been really cool if she was in the Widow program. I want to see that now. Yeah. I was like, what is happening? I'm like, what are we going to get, like, the TV cut off and this going to be Kat Denny's? Like, well, find out next time. I thought that's what was going to happen, and it didn't, which is sad. Maybe me and Jamin Wait, 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 wait. Like, where's Wanda? I know you're hiding her back there. I know you got more of it. <laughs> I want to, I kind of skipped over this. I want to go back to the very beginning of the episode the Avengers assembling, but with Captain Carter and the Wasp in, yes. in, a, in an Ant Man colored wasp suit. I thought that was really cool. And I just love seeing that. I think that when they assemble these teams, I get a kick out of it. I really love the relationships between the superheroes and the kind of recreation of some of those iconic moments with Captain Carter in Steve's place with like with you know Black Widow and stuff. I will argue the wasp collar scheme is also just her color scheme in the comics. Like Ant-Man does not have a monopoly on that color scheme. So I like seeing that, especially knowing that there was a version of Avengers that had wasp in it. Like I'm glad we ultimately didn't get that, but it's cool to see like what that would have looked like. Jenna, Jenna, is this an yeah. allusion to the fact that she has 18 gajillion costumes and like three of them are yes. like awesome and the rest yes. of them are just like whatever? Absolutely, <laughs> yes. <laughs> It also, I, I, I felt like I remember that Joss Whedon considered including the Wasp in the yep. Avengers lineups. I think it was Age of Ultron. I don't think it was. Was it the first Avengers? It was, it was the first one. There was a version of the first one. And it okay. was going to be Zoe Deschanel was like what he was kind of writing. New girl. And then he wrote that script. And then he was like, this is all just a Wasp movie and is not actually becoming an Avengers movie. And so it kind of pivoted away from there. What an interesting what if. What yeah. if that had happened? The whole world would be different. New yep. girl would be the Avenger. <laughs> Uh, they, uh, what are my notes here? Catching Steve and Peggy was super dope. I wrote down. Yes, that scene oh, was. Oh, cool. that's right. When Natasha flew the flew the ship and caught them in the back of it, that was pretty cool. Um, 
their song. Oh yeah, the song they played when they were in that. Uh, what were they in? Like a little uh, gazebo. Yeah. Uh, the end game song played. Took me took me right back. Uh, Melina is ready for a fight. I wrote down. Red room falls from the sky, just like in the movie. And but also just like the ships and the Winter Soldier, so ultimately a similar climax to the to the to the Captain America the Winter Soldier movie. Uh, what else do I have here? Oh, Peggy picks up Natasha instead of Natasha picking up Steve in the sexy black Corvette in Washington D.C. If you remember that, that's after the on your left thing. I remember when Natasha pulled up in that black Corvette. That was special to me. <laughs> I like it. Is because that because the in the movie he's there he's running and she yeah. and she's like no nah, I don't run <laughs> I like that it I is really interesting because in the MCU the Rain of Marvel Studios book they do talk about how like that scene was supposed to be even like sexier like she was supposed to be in like tennis, tennis whites and like yeah. super like and it's, I'm so glad they didn't do that because it would have made this version even weirder but yeah I'm glad that we had an homage to that little moment nah it didn't need to be any sexier. <laughs> like when I was driving that car, if if she pulled up and was like, "Get in," I'd be like, "Where are we going?" <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. She just Thelma and Louise as you off a cliff. You're like, "All right, this well, is here we go." I died. I died doing what I loved. <laughs> I got my friend with me. It's a two seater. Whoops. We're off. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, I was ready for the elevator fight. And before we get started, anybody want to get out? Didn't happen for Captain Carter. Mm -hmm. This Captain Carter character is fantastic. Did we? I remember this debate was settled. I think if Captain Carter is the same Captain Carter from Earth eight three eight, do I remember somebody weighed in on that? And I don't remember what they said. I I want to think that it's not the same, yeah, but too. I don't know. The one I also cut in half. Yes. Yes. No. No. I don't think it's the same one. No. I, I'm. I'm just gonna say right now the answer is no. I'm just. Lying. I feel like the watcher would have stopped that from happening. He would have been like, "Not That's on my, my watch. She's, she's gonna be okay. She's my friend." Because he does it's say at the start of this episode, like there are many Captain Carters, but like only one of them is my friend Ooh. that I have like a connection with. So yeah. God, that would suck if it was the same version. No, I'm sorry. That's not. No. This is this is what Michael Waldron told IGN. I don't know. I'm reticent to canonize that either way. I hope not. I hope that's not the one. That'd be too bad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> one of us. <laughs> also, can I just say, Josh Keaton did a very good job as Steve, especially in this episode. Mm -hmm. Like he, he grew on me much more than he has the previous times that he's been Steve. But I think as skinny Steve and in the context of the episode, I think he did a good job. Refresh my memory. Why is Steve so damn evil? <laughs> Didn't he get kidnapped by the yeah. by the red room? He, he basically did. fell into the ice on oh, a mission with Bucky. Yeah, and he got programmed. That's right, yeah. right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Hydra Stomper Steve, what a guy! What a can guy. I can I say there's something weird just just for me and maybe it's like four percent of our audience out there seeing the inside of the Clue Museum of Art again when they're flying through it and wrecking it was like very strange. I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, that's right. S.H.I.E.L.D. is supposed to be CMA. That's so freaking weird. So, so strange. And it's like frame perfect. I went and Googled the image. I'm like, yep, that's absolutely, that's the atrium. That's right. Wow. <laughs> yeah, attention to detail. That's true. All right, y'all. Well, that's our What If Episode 5 recap. If y'all want to talk more, hit us up on the comments or on social media. Anything else we want to talk about from this episode before we move on? I just want to say that cliffhanger was because I, I I got so hyped for 1602. Uh, I really love that comic, but we're, I mean we're, I'm excited to talk about that episode. But the, and I but once we get to our next one, I do have something funny to say about that cliffhanger. 
the characters at the end, I know we got Scarlet Witch. She wasn't mm -hmm. alone, right? She's a theory. Was, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So 1602 Fury with the twirly stash and everything. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fantastic. Samuel Jackson. Oh, legend. All right. Yeah. So that is that that is kind of the fun thing about what if I think that I'm really enjoying. These are obviously anthology episodes, but Captain Carter is on the through line, is kind of the connective tissue. Not all the episodes connect, but clearly this one, because it's Captain Carter, plays a part in everybody's asking, is there like a culminating event, much like season one? And there is coming up. Like there is a there is this does lead to something that you know ties season two in a nice bow. And also, you know, I think we'll get season three, it'll be really cool too. So yeah, this is it is cool to see Captain Carter and these other characters show up and kind of play that role in in tease stories in upcoming episodes while also completely standing on their own. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, talk about episode six of What If Season 2. See you in a moment. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. What if Odin and Surtur had beef a long, long time ago? Well, then we get Kahori in episode six of What If. Uh, Jenna, what did you think of this episode? I loved this episode so much. This is easily one of my favorites of the entire season. I think, first of all, like the animation has been good all season, but the attention to detail in this one, the backgrounds looked like classic Disney paintings. Like They looked gorgeous. And I think that... I, I'm always kind of on the fence about introducing new characters in superhero medium, but I think that the way that they make Kahori work, it is so brilliant. I want her in the comics. I want her everywhere. I think it is just such a cool addition and something that the MCU has earned the right to do at this point. And I think it's just such a beautiful episode. Hey, Aaron, what'd you think? I mean, uh, to shock no one who regulates this podcast, I really enjoyed this one. Um, if if this whole thing is supposed to be about exploring superhero medium and doing things, and like you're gonna put all this budget towards stuff, why not push the boat out and really like go for it? And for a lot of our native listeners, for a lot of people online, this is gonna be like a highlight of their year, right? Yeah. Like this is, is truly staggering. Jenna's right, like Autobahn level quality in the background, like. You can buy a weird painting of the forest that used to look just like this on Etsy for $45 plus shipping. Like it is, it is very, very inventive, very, very good. I really, I don't know if this will change because of all the slowing down or whatever. I really want to see this girl 
in the live action stuff. And the choice to have it all in Mohawk language, except for uh, the the Spaniards, is is really delightful and interesting. Ariel was like, "Wait, really? We're just going to do this? All right? Like, because we are a captions household." Yes. So I was like, "Oh boy." All this reading. Oh, good. Oh, good. God. Oh, it's great. So I, I really enjoyed it. Interestingly enough, this Kahori character is voiced by Devry Jacobs, who mm-hmm. is in Echo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, not as Kahori, but yeah. is in Echo, which is interesting. Jamie, what do you think? Loved it uh, so much. I like what was said. I love that it was in the language. I loved that it was a new character. I mean, Introducing a character in animation is awesome. We've talked about it before, but Harley Quinn was introduced in Batman the Animated Series, and now she's one of the most famous comics characters of all time. So I can't wait to see what happens with Corey. I'd love to see her in on the page, and then eventually down the line, earn the right to be in like live action. I, I just cannot wait to see where this character goes. I think she's really cool. I do have to. I do have to say though, I, I Brandon told me to tell this story, uh, so I'm going <laughs> to tell it. Which was uh, I watched the first batch of episodes during work because i was in florida visiting my mom i had to squeeze in as much as i could so this so after work my i was my best friend still lives in florida so my best friend and her boyfriend come over we're drinking we're having a great time we're in my mother's spool which is like a half pool half hot tub and this is great and then it's like okay it's literally 3 a.m and i'm (laughs) drunk and I'm like, I gotta watch this n- the next couple screeners. And I assumed because the last episode ended on the 1602 cliffhanger, I was, I just assumed it was gonna be 1602 next. And they on a screener, it doesn't tell you the episode titles. So I hit play, and I'm looking on my computer, and I'm seeing subtitles, and I'm like, oh, oh no, oh, I gotta, I gotta really re up my attention span. So I'm like at my computer like this, like really focusing but even despite the alcohol in my system i loved it i thought it was so good so beautifully animated i had a great great time watching it. i cannot wait to watch it again when i have not been drinking and in my defense we were supposed to record these episodes the next day i had to rush through it uh so that's if had i had known i would have waited <laughs> i uh i watched this episode again this morning without like the watermark of my name across the uh, thing so that if I took a picture that Disney would come to my house and I don't know, take my TV away and a lot more than that, I think. But uh, I, I enjoyed it more. It's it's not my favorite episode by any means. It's towards the bottom for me. I think it's because I love the what the marvel of what if. And this felt like, it just like this, could you could make this a Disney project and not be a Marvel show. And it is a Marvel show. At the end of the day, it's influenced by the Tesseract. Visually, it was incredible. I thought the the like Kahori standing in front of the flames was so cool. There was a lot of cool stuff, cool messages in this episode. I love the fact that they're taking chances and doing new characters. That said, my favorite thing about What If is that it spends time with kind of characters that are variants of characters we spend time with, and we get to see them written consistently by the version of them that we saw already. So overall, I liked it more the second time uh, when I wasn't kind of burned out from the binge. Uh, it's still not in my top episodes for the season, but I thought it was all right. I, you know, it was it was cool. Kind of where I'm at. Interesting that uh, she got the powers of both Pietro and Wanda, right? <laughs> yeah. But it came from the Space Stone, and their well, but their powers did their powers come from the Space Stone or the Mind Stone? Wasn't mind it the Mind Stone? Yeah, Mind I, Stone. I was gonna say they got their powers from the Space Stone too, but then I was like, wait a second, no, it came from the Mind Stone and that Hydra bunker. Because they had Loki's scepter, which had the Mind Stone. Yeah. 
well, yeah. I'm also I I also like very 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 powerful characters are hard for me to connect with, and Kahori is super damn powerful very quickly. And I, I like whether it's Superman or Captain Marvel or anything like somebody that's that powerful. It's sometimes hard for me to really, really connect in a way. I don't know, man. I, I noticed that about myself when I'm consuming superhero media. So I just felt like I never felt like Kahori was in really danger. But man, she ended that man's that she ended that man for real on the beach. <laughs> Could you imagine if you if they actually showed that shot? That was mm-hmm. vicious. I was like, yo, that's pretty badass. That was cool. That yeah. There's a lot of stuff I liked in the episode, but overall, I, I, I like the Marvel stuff of what if quite a bit and i thought this felt more just disney than marvel in general i i don't think there's a problem with that like i think that there's a beauty to doing that and like we were saying like they've more than earned the right to like completely do something new and still have it tied to the larger lore like i i totally get your argument but i think like it it didn't feel any different to me than from like reading a comic in the 70s or 80s and seeing like a, an entirely new character debut in an entirely new corner of the marvel canon that like never existed before like this just felt like an extension of that yeah. I think I agree. I think it's really cool, especially just because we've it's not something they've ever done before, and this is the perfect medium to do it. And it it was cool to see something so different. And that's the beauty of like nine episodes of a cartoon. One can be absolutely its own crazy new thing. And I think that's really that's what makes this show worthwhile, is that you never know what's coming and and the and the more different they get the more invested i am i think i we've said it a lot but this season really it makes me want to go back and rewatch the first season and give it another shot same i'm with you on that makes me want to rewatch it and see like was i too harsh back then was that were my expectations too different that i want everything to be connected too much but i still don't think i'll ever really enjoy party thor i also do Team think party thor. The- I also think the daily release helps a lot. Like, even though we all watch this for the first time as a binge, like rewatching the episodes daily, it, it's so nice to just kind of like sit down with my breakfast and just have like a Saturday morning cartoon kind of moment. Yeah. And I think like having these daily, especially at this time of year, was a really, really smart decision because you don't have to wait another week to see whether or not you actually like a particular episode. If you don't like an episode, there's a new one tomorrow. And I think that that was a really smart decision. And also think about um, like, where we were back when these episodes released in terms of the fandom and our, and our job on phase zero as well. We get, it was a weekly release where every single piece of Marvel media was consumed and dissected and analyzed and talked about and looked at through a lens of like, what are we going to, what do we talk about? What do we take away from this? That sort of stuff. In addition to just trying to enjoy it, those things were undeniably there much more strongly than they are right now. I think I, I, I have certainly, I, I imagine if we went back and listened to our what if episodes, the theories we'd be spinning all this crazy stuff. Like right now, I feel like we're just having more fun. Like if this Kahori episode came out in season one, it would have been so weirdly received. I th- Maybe not. Maybe it would have been really well received. But I feel like a lot of this stuff, I don't know, maybe season two is just better. But yeah. I don't know. I, I do I do want to rewatch season one and see if uh, see if we were a little too harsh or just had weird expectations and, and lenses we were looking at stuff through back then. The level of speculation probably has changed a little bit. I, I think that if this episode had been in season one, you would have instantly had people, especially if it had happened in, in like after Comic Con twenty twenty one. Like it definitely would have been like some real. So is she gonna show up at Echo or Nah? Would have yeah. been like the big takeaway from this yeah. episode, and we're not even getting that 
this time, which I mean, probably for the better. Also, I remember when, just to add a little fun aside, Jenna, you remember when the, the Funko soda leaked yes. of this? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That was like super duper funny because all of us yeah. like, what the heck is this? And they just Because then they off. had to, Marvel had to put out a press release and be like, this is a new character in What If Season 2. Like, you, we know that you're not even getting a date for the show and you don't know when it's coming out. But like, let's explain why we have merchandise already for this character. Easy. Which now I'm... I'm sad now because I'm like, I would have bought that if I knew I was going to love this episode this much. It's like now it's probably much harder to find. Yes. And I remember Am Amber Mythunder like seeing this online and being like, oh, this is cool. And then all of the fans going, are you playing Kahori in my <laughs> Are you yeah. doing And I'm just like, she can't just think it's cool. All right, yeah. then. I mean, if she would like to, sure. Why not? But also, no, like, guys, we're, we're in a completely different space. I think Brandon's got a point there. It is it is cool to see that this time period this this world explored in like in the in a Marvel sense with the Space Stones influence on it. And I can't I think the the animation was my favorite part of the episode. I think that there were some stunning visuals. This is one you can go get a bunch of screenshots for, and they look like just super cinematic. And that final fight, man, Corey whooped those dudes' asses, man. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that, yeah, I don't have too much to say about it. I think that the, like this being. A kind of standalone to the point that it is a whole new character and batch of characters that aren't Marvel characters. We can't do the normal dissection we usually do. There aren't like, oh, well, this was from the Winter Soldier or whatever. This was just, you know, it was it was what it was. And if if I said uh, if Jamie said what I said about this episode, I'd be like, well, you hated it. But now I, I now I finally see how Jamie feels when you just like something. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anything else we want to say about episode six? People I do want her in live action. As soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. I, I, I want to see how this powers translate. And then, Aaron, you say what you want to say. Oh, I was going to say, all you clowns out there, there are going to be two native heroes in MCU. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. Yeah, listen, I saw that clip, too. Oh, boy. It couldn't be more different. No. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Matters. For sure. Like, I mean, there are 75 white dudes running yeah. around that are super strong. Like, there are three white dudes named Chris. Like, we're fine. <laughs> Listen, I'm what? here. We have we have a Tony Stark. We had a Tony Stark. Why, you know, he's a guy who wears an iron suit. And then there's a guy from from another planet, but he carries a hammer that's made of metal. I think. So, do we need both of them? They're not that different. They're <laughs> but they're different enough. Maybe it's cool that they're both there. Why? Like you just wouldn't say that, would you? No. No, you would. Well, if you saw the clip, you know. If you don't, you're like, what the hell are they talking about? Don't even worry about it. Just continue your blissful peaceful existence if you miss that that clip uh yeah yeah Corey and echo should definitely coexist and i think that whether they meet or not whatever there's i knew i knew when i was watching the screener i was like there's a certain subset at the center of the internet that is going to have a lot of weird things to say and so not having even seen the tweet that y'all are talking about i'm like unsurprised that that has already happened oh, it's not just a tweet. breaking news people are racist uh. <laughs> it's not just a tweet it's it's okay. from yeah whatever well yeah. we are that's don't, season don't three echo teaches Gohor how to use a gun let's go <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Kaori went like full Neo from the Matrix uh -huh. at one yeah. point. And I was like, dang. All right, y'all. Well, I feel like that's that's our episode. That's our what if episode. We got a, we got one more what if episode coming, and that's gonna be our last episode of 2023. And then we're on to two four. All right, y'all. Look at that Loki sweater making an appearance. Jamie, any last words for today's show? 
no, I hope everyone's having a good, that weird holiday week between Christmas and New Year's where you just don't know what to do with yourself. I hope that, unlike us, you don't have to work so that your brains are resting because my brain feels like it's about to seep out of my ear holes, but I'm having fun. <laughs> love, love, love talking what if with you guys, and I can't wait to hear what everyone else thinks about these episodes. Jenna Anderson. It's at Hey it's Gentleman on social media. I echo everything Jamie said down to the feeling like your brain's sleeping out of your ears. Um, I also, I'm very excited to record our final episode for the last three episodes because I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to talk about this season as a whole. It's going to be great. Aaron? Uh, it's at someone like Hornet. Uh, go actually just steal Jenna's bit. Apparently, <laughs> there is an X-Men 97 prequel book coming yes. out. That for next year, you're probably going to need to go read. So go find mm -hmm. that. More homework. Everybody loves the homework. <laughs> oh, yeah. Seen. Now I'm going to go check that out. I loved when they did those uh, prelude comics based on like, you'd have mm -hmm. like Thor and Iron Man comics and stuff and Captain America and all that. Uh, I, I love those. I don't think they do them anymore. They do not. Yeah, no. Those Part of it is the release dates. Like, since everything changed and like nothing was consistent of when we were getting anything, it's like you can't really schedule a prelude and then have it come out like, yeah. like six months before or after a thing. So that's true. Are those comics I, I considered canon? Last season, the Harley Quinn did it. They had oh, a true. little yeah. insert. Uh, uh, this is a Marvel show. Cut the mic. <laughs> <laughs> did, are those considered canon? Those prelude comics? I don't. Like not a. Uh, I remember. I remember one thing from it spoiled the Red Skull thing in Infinity War. But like oh. other than that, there's so much of it that's like this is almost so meaningless. It's like barely even. That's in. yeah. They oh, yeah. They were yeah. usually never really needle movers for the story. No. Well, all right, y'all. That's our what if shot. Thank you so much for joining us. I uh, hope you're all having a, a a wonderful week between the holidays and getting through it. And your brains stay between your ears and don't seep out. Uh, thank you so much for hanging with us. What if we do this again one more time on uh, New Year's Eve for season two recap of What If? See you there. <laughs>